Hi, guys, and welcome to another episode of Horror Nights In with me, your host, Crystal. So tonight, we will be discussing 13 and 14 cameras. Uh, I actually have a special guest tonight on my show. He's going to be co-hosting with me. Ladies and gentlemen, please say hello to my friend, Patrick Burkholtz. <laughs> he is a fan of all things horror, film, comics, video games, music, books. He's also an aspiring critic and writer. He reviews the shit out of horror movies on his Twitter. So please go check him out. So Patrick, say hi to the Horror Nights in podcast family. Hello, guys. <laughs> He's here. Yay. <laughs> uh, so Patrick and I met over the Twitterverse a little over two months ago, and I quickly realized that he knows way more about horror movies than I do. But it's all good because we're here to help each other in the horror family. Um, so we will be doing this podcast a little differently tonight because, like I said, I do have a co-host. So instead of going into a detailed description of the movie like I usually do on my normal podcast, uh, Patrick and I are going to be giving our opinions on the movies. I'll be asking him some questions. He'll be asking me some questions. We're kind of just going to go vibe off each other. Um, and he'll be adding on to my answers and vice versa. And as always, there are spoilers in this podcast. And also another disclaimer, this is the first time we're both using Skype to communicate um, and record. So be patient and don't come for us, please, because this is the first yes, time. Please. <laughs> this is the first time we're doing this, which means that we literally cannot stop recording and break because I don't know how to do that kind of technology. And according to Patrick, apparently it's like a lot of money to do all that stuff. So whatever. Can't be. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So uh, if you guys follow uh, Patrick on Twitter, you will know that he went to go see a movie last night. And what movie was that, Patrick? I saw The uh, Possession of Hannah Grace. Yeah, how was it? It was uh, it had its ups and downs. Yeah. Um, I feel like it was a movie that got poorly marketed, um, possibly rushed. It felt a little rushed with the pacing. Um, <clears throat> for those who aren't aware of what the movie's about, it's about... Uh, a post exorcism mm. that goes wrong, and you have a um, young former cop who is now starting a job as an overnight morgue technician, uh, and it receives a body of a young girl who passed away during an exorcism, okay. and it's kind of goes on in, into the night, and things start happening, and uh, it kind of escalates. So that's kind of the brief synopsis of it. Um, Personally, I, I liked the idea that it was a uh, post-exorcism film because, you know, you get all these low-budget or even high-budget exorcism films, and it's all about the exorcism. Yeah. And this is one that takes that extra step uh, past the past it. Uh, it's a, what some people call the after, which is the after of a film. You, If you're ever wondering, well, okay, at the end of uh, The Exorcist, what happens to Regan? Of course, you you know you get the sequels and whatnot. But um, it it has some writing issues. It has some cinematography issues. It has some pacing issues. But and I and I felt in my review on my my uh, Twitter, I was a little maybe too negative on the film, even though I gave it I think a three point five out of five. Okay, I would still recommend going out and seeing it. I think it's a film that needs to get some support because the studio didn't seem to really back it. Uh, the cast is really strong. Um, there's just, you know, 
some issues, but yeah. it's definitely not the worst horror film if you go out and see it. It's not going to be the worst horror film you're going to see in theaters. So do you think that maybe, because this happens a lot in horror movies, I feel, do you think that maybe the trailer made the movie look better than it was? <laughs> uh, trailer, yes and no. The trailer freaked me out. It was actually, I think it was a preview before Halloween. Um, and I was like, oh my God, I want to go see that movie because I'm obsessed with anything that has to do with like exorcism and paranormal, um, you know, things like that. Like anything that has to do with like a religious aspect for, I don't know why, don't ask me. I just, I, I'm, I don't the, know I'm the same way. I'm not personally, I'm not a religious person, but I uh-huh. love religious horror films for some yeah. reason. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, the problem, and, and it's not so much the film company with the trailer. Uh, it is whoever they source these out to third parties to cut the trailers. Oh, okay. uh, sometimes they will market a movie, uh, a, a movie on a quick side note that uh, kind of had this problem was Overlord, where the trailer made it look to be more of a more of a horror action movie versus yeah. an action horror film. Okay. And it became the, the latter and not the former. Okay. Um, the problem with the trailer with this one is the main big moments that you're going to see in the movie are in the trailer. And that's a big negative because when you're sitting there watching the movie, you've got a filler scene and then a beat from the trailer. Filler scene, beat from the trailer. Oh, so all the big things, except for you know some final act stuff, you kind of already got to see in the trailer. There, there are some character deaths that you know weren't foreshadowed in the trailer. Okay. But you know, you kind of saw these moments coming just from what the trailer showed. So it's maybe a case of the trailer showing too much than the trailer actually making it seem better than what it was. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. I actually watched an interview with uh, Shane Mitchell who plays the, was she an ex-cop you said? Yes. Yes. She's an ex-cop. She, uh, her, a a quick little thing, uh, her partner uh, gets shot down or got shot during a a stop. And so she's kind of got some PTSD with it and she goes to work on as a morgue technician. Interesting. (laughs) Okay. So, I mean, it was just a really quick interview. She actually wasn't even talking about the movie. She was, she had, she held the interviews in a morgue. um, And as soon as the um, interviewer started asking questions, this like possessed thing, like person like popped out of a, closet it was just funny it was like a scare tactic she was just scaring them so i thought that I was i might have seen something like that yeah. on twitter i love shay mitchell though i think she's so pretty but um oh she's attractive very attractive yeah <laughs> um so i just want the audience so thank you for your review i appreciate it also i think you guys oh. all should tweet patrick and tell him to be to start his own podcast <laughs> <He's great. laughs> and i've been telling him since i met him that he needed to start a podcast yes, so hopefully this breaks the ice for you <laughs> and be able to do your own. But um, anyway, I wanted you guys to get to know Patrick a little bit better. So um, I have a couple questions. Um, so the first one is, uh, what's your favorite horror movie of all time? See, this is the problem I get just in movies in general. I can never really say what is the mm-hmm. best one of all time. But if I have to go with something off of the top of my head, I'm probably going to have to go with George A. Romero's Night of the Living Dead. Oh, perfect. They're coming for you, Barbara. Yes, we love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just one that's it's so iconic, and I got the you know ability to go, thanks to, I think it was Fathom Events, to go see a 50th anniversary screening for it, and it was just really cool to see that film up on the big screen for the first time. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, it's just, it's one of those films that 
even if he wasn't trying to be, uh, you know, political with it, you know, casting an African-American actor as the lead. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it just, there were so many things. And then of course it spawned, you know, what's probably even better than night Dawn of the living dead Mm -hmm. or Dawn of the dead. it, it just, and, and it, of course, it jump-started the whole zombie genre. You wouldn't have Walking Dead uh, without it or, you know, Z Nation. But I think that that's probably for right now that might change somewhere in the future. But I think that's going to be what it is right now. Cool. Um, what was the first horror movie you ever saw? All right. I might get some shit from my sister. Um, oh, because... you, know, you told me this. I remember, but you have to tell me about it. <laughs> like, God, uh, she me. denies this to this day. <laughs> Um, but, uh, she, I, I can't remember exactly how old I was. Uh, I think I was about 10 or so. And, and it's not that I didn't have interest in horror. I was a Goosebumps reader. I watched, Are You Afraid of the Dark? I watched the Goosebumps TV show, but that's kitty horror. You know, it's not real grown up horror. Yeah. But she came back from college for one semester or for summer break. And, she asked me if I wanted to watch Friday the 13th. <laughs> and uh, I said, that's not a scary film, is it? And she says, no, it's a mystery film. And I'm like, oh, all right. And uh, currently where I, I live now, uh, even though it might sound a little, uh, I guess, cliche for someone who might be a film nerd or a comic book nerd i live in the basement of my parents house Uh, i I do pay rent there is disclosure but it is actually the size of of an apartment has its own bedroom has its own kitchen setup so it's it's an apartment and i save on rent but anyways this is where she was living during that time uh and we were in in the bedroom and she put it on and she fell asleep and i watched that movie straight through all the way through all the deaths, the errors, uh, yeah, you know, I, I, I watched it all. I, I even said, Beth, are you awake? And got no <laughs> response. And I finished the movie to this day. She denies ever showing me that movie, <laughs> but I think it was maybe a year or two after the fact, because then I was, I was a horror junkie. Yeah. Uh, I started consuming every horror film that I could find and uh, even got special permission from my parents at Blockbuster and our local network video that I could rate rated R movies as long as they were horror films. Wow. Uh, That's pretty yes. cool. Yes. I didn't uh, even do that. <laughs> uh, they, we had a talk and, you know, they said, no, this is not how, this isn't how real life works. It's not okay. <laughs> you know, cause the whole panic during the eighties that, that was causing kids to kill people. Oh you know? yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So they, we had a talk, and you know they were okay as long as they were horror films. That's uh, so cool. That but my, do that. That's awesome. I, I mean, I got my parents a little bit, but they were pretty awesome for that aspect. Uh, but my brother and I were watching it on, I think it was on cable. Mm-hmm. And he had asked me if I'd ever seen it. And I said, oh, yeah. And I was like, this is how this person dies. This is how this person dies. And, oh, <laughs> here's who the killer is. Spoiler alert, it's the mom. Uh, <laughs> and uh, my sister goes, well, I never showed you that movie. I said, I could not have told him how uh, Kevin Bacon dies. I couldn't have told him how, uh, you know, who the killer was had mm-hmm. I not seen that movie already. And at that time, uh, before having seen it, I was not allowed to rent rated R movies. So someone had to show me that film. It was her. She denies it. She will never admit to it. That's funny. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, I think, and you know, a lot of people, especially my friends and Patrick and I have discussed this about how um, when we watch horror movies, 
um, we look at them a little bit. We feel a little and feel and look at things differently than the people, you know, that are around us. Like my friends hate more horror movies. They don't watch them. They're like, I don't understand how you like them. And I, I really, and people are like, why do you like them? And I don't really know if there's like a proper answer. It's kind of just like, I won't, maybe like I can control being scared or, you know, I, maybe we just find interest in that. So I just find it funny when people are like, ugh, you're so crazy because you love horror movies. <laughs> and like, you know, the, I mean, the like, crazy what, thing. what kind of answer do we give them? Is, I don't even know. Like, we just uh, love them. I don't know if there is an answer, but but a crazy thing is everyone, and, you know, I've heard this on other podcasts and it's been this way on Twitter, but, you know, people who don't like the horror genre or look down on people who like the horror genre, they look at those people like they're crazy yeah. or they think that they're freaks. But the horror community on Twitter, the horror community at large, the mm -hmm. horror podcasts that are out there, mm -hmm. they are genuinely nice people. Absolutely. I mean, I have not met a nicer group of people online than yeah. the horror community. Exactly. So no, I have to I have to agree with you on that. So I, I I totally agree. Everybody that I've mind you, I've only been doing this actual interaction with them for only about two months. But everybody's so nice and everyone's the same as me too. You know, like everyone's always yeah. like, let us know if you need help with anything. Like I had some technical issues with one of my audios from a couple weeks ago and like one of the podcasters that I listened to, I messaged them and they answered me. So I don't know. I think that I think people just they just don't like horror movies. And it's I don't know. I mean, I guess it's the same way that we feel about rom-coms. Like we can watch rom-coms, <laughs> but they don't really do anything for us, if that makes yeah. sense. Like yeah. we don't get those like warm, fuzzy feelings of love. Like I get why people like them and I respect them for liking them. But it's just not my thing. And that's probably the way that people feel about us, too. Like, they're like, I don't know how you can watch somebody, like, get, you know, their eyeball drilled out in hospital. <laughs> but, well, you but, you know, there, there are those uh, happy mediums, too, because you get something like uh, Warm Bodies or Shaun of the Dead that they're yeah, not 100% horror, but they're, you know, a nice little mixture of both. So it's something to appease both sides, even though we might be not understanding each other. There are some times where we can come to a, a mutual agreement. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So are there any um, horror movies that you are excited to see in the future? I honestly don't even know what would be coming out soon. I haven't, the only thing I've seen is the, is the possession of Hannah Grace that you saw last night. Um, um, I think upcoming uh, that I know like of. like It, like It too, obviously. Everybody right. see that movie, so. Um, the Pet Cemetery remake. Uh, I think it's going to be good. I'm uh, I'm going to shamelessly admit that I had never read the book. I had seen the original, but I had never read the book. But I am currently reading it. I am a Stephen King freak, and yeah. I'm currently breaking down and reading it. Go and I'm enjoying ahead. it so far. I'm not far into it, but I want to have it read before uh, the remake comes out. Uh, I think that that's got potential to be really good. Yeah. Um, as for anything else, um, I don't know. I don't know of anything else that's kind of in the immediate future. Um, I'm sure. Coming, I, maybe not. I thought they were doing something with the conjuring again, but I could be wrong. Well, they just did the nun. Uh, and I, <laughs> and I did not, I did not get out to see that. I don't do think that they, to see it. I'm not even going to waste <laughs> podcast listeners time by reviewing that movie. Cause it was so stupid. 
I was so um, mad. I'm not even going to talk about it. That would, our pod, my podcast would be like three hours long. I can't. It was so bad. I almost left the theater. That's how bad it oh, was. I'm not even kidding. Oh, that's bad. That's bad. Yeah, I've never done yeah. that. Ever walked I, out the theater. I was like, my sister and I were sitting in the movie theater and I was like, this is not, I don't even want to finish this movie. It's so fucking bad. <laughs> it's so bad. I do think they have a third one in the works, though, Uh, because I think uh, that they did cast, you know, that uh, Patrick. um, Oh, shoot. I'm blanking on his last name. I know. I know know you're talking about Uh, Patrick Wilson. Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiga. Ed and Lorraine. They're back. Yeah. What's that? Don't they play Ed and Lorraine Warren? Yes. Yes. Those characters. Yeah. But they're going to be, I think, uh, in in this newer one. I I know James Wan is not directing it, but I believe he is producing it. I, they they are going to take more of a of a uh, seat back or back seat rather yeah. Yeah. Uh, to it that it's going to probably be more like how the second Conjuring was where it was more focused. I mean, even the first Conjuring in, in some aspects, Ed and uh, or Ed and Lorraine Warren were not necessarily the focal points of the movie. It's the Correct. family characters. Family. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the, but they might be taking more of a backseat to it. So it, it'll be interesting. I think it's just in pre-production. So I don't expect that to be out next year, probably. Um, I don't, I, theatrically, I'm not so sure. I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of things that are coming on Netflix. Um, oh, yeah, for Prime sure. Prime or on Hulu. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing I would recommend, if you're not checking it out already, Hulu's anthology series that uh, has, has started back in October called Into the Dark. It is... Uh, produced by Blumhouse and Jason Blum, his company. They oh, are doing... Blumhouse. Even when they yes. called me out on Twitter for my Twitter. <laughs> I, I loved it. They, it was like, it's like when the, oh, the popular, it's like when the popular girl like smacks you in the face and you're like, oh my God, I love it. Do it again. That's like Blumhouse calling out my Twitter handle. Guys, I don't know if we talked about this, but um, Blumhouse released um, a, an extra scene from Halloween um, that will be in the DVD um, version and it basically shows it's not Michael Myers. One of the podcasters in the beginning actually has a Michael Myers mask on. And a lot of people thought it was Michael Myers and he didn't have a shirt on. And they were all tweeting like, Oh my God, is that Michael Myers? He doesn't have a shirt on. I can't wait to see him without a shirt on. And Blumhouse tweeted and they said, no, that's, I don't remember what the actor's name is. That's the podcaster with the Michael's Meyer mask on. But it's funny to see that all of you guys would want to see Michael Myers with no shirt on. And I tweeted them and I said, no, not us, LOL. And Blumhouse tweeted me back and called me out because my Twitter handle is whore daddies are us. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I'm like, yo, Blumhouse came for me and I love it. <laughs> that that is a that is an achievement. It's so uh, good. Like I said, it's like when it's like Mean Girls. It's like Regina George yeah. like slapped me in the face, and I was like, do it again. <laughs> All right, but they have a, uh, a like twenty a, minutes into the podcast already. We haven't started. <laughs> Just uh, the finish the finish the little the promotion there. Uh, it's Into the Dark. It's a uh, horror anthology series. They're actually horror film length, and they are linked to uh the holiday of that month so they've done thanksgiving uh with yes, uh, blood and uh, flesh and blood and uh i think the body was halloween and it's all on hulu they release uh release new month or uh every month mm-hmm. i think december 7th is their one for christmas perfect awesome guys check that out okay so as i said in the beginning we will be discussing 13 and 14 cameras um obviously 13 cameras is the first one 14 cameras is a sequel 
Um, 13 Cameras, Cameras was directed and written by Victor Sarkoff, and it was released April 15, 2016, to limited screenings. The movie has a running time of 87 minutes. So a quick synopsis of 13 Cameras is a newly married and pregnant couple start renting a home from a very shady and creepy-as-fuck-looking landlord who begins to intrude on their private lives with 13 cameras hidden throughout their rental home. Uh, we then find out the husband is cheating on his pregnant wife with his secretary. The movie basically ends with the cheating husband getting killed. Um, the wife slash mother is held as the landlord's hostage, and he basically kidnaps the kid she's pregnant with. And we have to assume that he raises the baby on its own because, you know, that makes sense. Not really. I don't whatever. But, um, and the original name for this movie was actually called Slumlord, and they changed it uh, to 13 Cameras. So that was just a quick... Um, just a quick synopsis of the movie if you haven't seen it. It is available on Netflix, as is the uh, <clears throat> sequel. So, Patrick, what did you think about 13 Cameras? Uh, it certainly was uh, interesting. Uh, I basically was not looking at watching this film uh, until you and, you know, when you and I started talking and you uh, had saw that the sequel was on there. And I was like, okay, I probably need to watch these films. Yeah. Um, the the first one, it's just it's weird. Uh, it, it is there are some things about it that uh, that are just I don't think that might work for me a little bit. Um, but you know what does work and what sells the movie is the landlord. He is totally. creepy on so many levels. Yeah, like his like open like mouth breathing, so oh, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and his weird physicality because. He looks like he's overweight, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, but he's like muscular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's like I don't know if this guy was a weightlifter or something at some point mm -hmm. in his life. Uh, but you never. Uh, one thing that I could think kind of maybe works for it, or maybe even is a little bit of a disadvantage for the for the first film, is that you don't know why he's doing. It. Correct. There's no um, like. There's no like. Well, I mean, there is a climax, kind of, but it's towards the end. But I think it's a climax that he was just like, oh, well, I guess I'm just going to kill all these people and just keep her kidnapped. Like, I guess it's just right. going to happen now. Like, he, I think he just uh, just got off on, you know, the voyeurism of it and just, you know, being a peeping Tom and just watching people in their homes. Like, I don't really think that there was anything other than the fact that he was just a gross-ass dude who liked to watch people. In their home. Uh, and sometimes that maybe that's all it takes, I guess. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I think that's, I think the first movie, um, when I saw it, it was a suggestion on Netflix, as is like any other horror movie <laughs> on, right. my, on my list. <laughs> but I started watching it and I kind of thought it was more, I thought it was a found footage film, which is my favorite kind of horror because it's right makes there it, with you. yeah, it makes it feel real. Um, I think that I, I think that's what I thought it was. But then as I started watching it, I was like, no, this is like a regular, like not a regular film, horror film, but it definitely wasn't found footage. There were some aspects of found footage in it just because we would watch the camera. We would watch the cameras with him. Right. Um, but I mean, any time that that landlord came onto screen, like it just, it definitely creeped me out just because it's like this gross old man is like watching these people in their homes like it's just 
nasty. <laughs> oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I think that's where it becomes it's it's where it's at its most effectiveness is it's preying on that fear of if you're a single person living or even like in this case of, the, of this film, it's a married couple Correct. who are renting a house and you know they're supposedly doing everything right. They're paying their rent. They're they got their own keys. They're expecting you know complete. Exactly, uh, like autonomy and and security, and yet here's this guy who is taking advantage of the fact that he's renting out these locations and doing whatever he wants with them. Yeah. Um, so then we have the sequel, um, which is called Fourteen Cameras. It was directed by. Um, oh, and also just a side note, um, the producers and directors and the writers, um, from what I can tell, this was their first debut. Um, into the scene of movie making. So the sequel is actually directed by um, Scott Fuller and Scott Hewson. It was also written again by Victor Sarkoff, who was the writer and director from the first movie. Um, it was released to limited screenings on July 27th of this year, so not too long ago. Um, and I have to assume that it takes place 12 to 13 years or so from the original. Um, it follows a new family who's staying in an Airbnb run by the same nasty perverted landlord from the first one but now it seems like he's branched out to what um looks like the movie's version of airbnb and his photo is pretending to be some pretty blonde chick <laughs> um he is now taking his perversion and using the dark web to make money off the cameras that he's planted in this airbnb um we also see that the baby he kidnapped from the first film i'd have to say he's at least 12 years old um, and his mother, Claire, from the first movie, is still being held hostage. Um, the movie ends with um, a couple of the family members getting away. And the landlord, creepy landlord, he ends up moving to Mexico and starting his whole secret camera business all over again. So it was a very, very brief and quick synopsis of it. Um, <clears throat> I, I, I don't, I think I liked the first one better. Um, Ooh, you and I are going to differ there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did you think about 14 cameras? 14 cameras, uh, I, I, and maybe it was because of how I viewed it. I viewed it immediately after watching, watching the first one. Okay. Um, and so I, like, I just went straight into it. Uh, I, I liked, uh, I think what it does effectively that, again, I said it was, it worked at an advantage and a disadvantage for the first one. Uh, it kind of goes in to explain a little bit of why he's doing this. Uh, you kind of get more of, he's not just a boy. He is a voyeur, but yeah. he's not just a voyeur. Uh, and not, you know, not to give too much away, but, you know, he's got dark web dealings and stuff like that. Uh, I, I, I kind of like. I said there's, just, there's spoilers in this podcast. Talk about whatever you want. <laughs> I know, I, I know, I know. Uh, but yes, you know, so he's got dark net dealings uh, where he's, but there's even an that, auction. But that wasn't in the first one. I don't think he was using Correct. the web in the first one. So and that's, that's where this, this expands on that. And yeah. you, so you're, you're getting more of an idea or more of a look into why he's doing this. Mm -hmm. uh, but I mean, he's still a voyeur first off, but when, one of the creepy things uh, is the auction scene uh where yeah. they're trying to he's trying to auction off the panties for one of the teenage girls Correct. uh or college age girls that are in this airbnb yeah they're, uh, and they're at least 18 or older <laughs> yeah not, and, and there's not that kind of like movie we're not watching what going 
that gross what? ass movie that everybody told me to watch that I'll never watch? Shit, what was the name of it? The really creepy one. It literally had child porn in it. Um, oh. The um, Serbian film. Oh, Serbian film. Yeah, that's one I won't watch. Yeah, hell um. no. Anyway, <laughs> fuck that. Well, yeah. That movie. That movie is fucking vile. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> uh, the you know the just the insane amounts of money that the, and and you know that these people exist, which is the sick thing about Absolutely. it is that they're going fifty thousand dollars and mm-hmm. and so it's those real fears. Uh, it, I what what uh, I think the first film did better is it had a better climax than the second film but yeah. overall i'd say the second film was was in my opinion a little bit better but yeah, it's, yeah that's about my initial thoughts on it so i think there was just um so i liked both of the movies overall um like i said like we said the first movie we were waiting for the climax and when it happened i was kind of like confused because i feel like he was just like all right well whatever i guess we'll just kill this person and keep this person hostage and raise this kid like what <laughs> Um, he had the mistress chained up. The husband was running around with a baseball bat. The pregnant wife was holed up in the bathroom. So I was a little like, okay. Um, I also didn't like the casting of the husband in the first film. Um, he was played by PJ McCobb or Cab, and the role, I think it just didn't fit him at all. I felt like he was a kid trying to play a cheating husband and then just didn't work for me at all. He also treated his pregnant wife like shit for no reason or reason unbeknownst to us. She seemed sweet. She seemed genuine towards him. Um, of course, she came off as a little insecure. Um, so I didn't like that. But I liked I liked Claire, the pregnant chick. She was, And I liked the idea of um, him basically confiding in his friend that he's cheating on his wife and that the friend came and told the wife. Um, and I actually, when the landlord killed the husband, I kind of was like, good, like he's an asshole. Like he deserves <laughs> it. Like, but I, but I didn't want Claire to be held captive. I wanted her to get away and go raise her kid and have like the landlord arrested or something or like have him just like disappear. I didn't like the fact that the landlord just decided to raise this kid. I thought that was a little weird. Um, so, and the second one um, had a lot more going on versus the first one, which I said, which was the first one was just the husband and his pregnant wife and just their home. The second one had like the family, the chick who, uh, the runner chick who got kidnapped. Um, and then we have the kidnapped wife and the kid. Um, I actually didn't recognize the wife in the second movie at all. Do you remember in the beginning of 14 Cameras, there was that first couple, remember, and they were at the Airbnb? Oh, yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought that the chick, I thought Claire was the chick from the beginning of the movie. Oh, yeah, um, no. I was confused. But remember, I didn't watch them like you did. True, true, so true. So if you true, watch true. them like straight through, you yeah. did 13, 14. So I watched 13 Cameras probably like a year ago. Um, so I didn't recognize her. And I was like, I know who she is, but I don't know her face. Um, and then as she started talking, I was like, oh, okay, I know who she is. Um, uh, and like I said, there's a couple in the beginning of the movie, in addition to the family, um, and the wife from the first one. Um, and the chick who went running actually gets killed. Remember she, oh, yeah. she tries to get away. Does. She tries to get away. And he, and the landlord has some like weird, like Michael Myers unhuman strength. <laughs> It's that weird physicality. I know it's like he looks like he's 
yeah. 400 pounds, but he the man is it. fit. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think I liked the first movie better because there wasn't as much going on, but I did like this that I did like the aspect of that he was going into Airbnbs because it's just like it's so easy I guess because it's literally your home so you can put cameras anywhere you want and you can like branch out to a bunch of different places also I have a question like he must have been making a good amount of money on the black web because that house that that family stayed in in New Mexico was so beautiful like oh it's gorgeous that airbnb was amazing so he had to been making a decent amount of money from the dark web to be able to fifty thousand dollars for a pair of you know underwear underwear you know it's like (laughs) okay i mean then he had because if you think about it he had the other he had the the girl the runner she he had Mm -hmm. her house too and then he had the Airbnb, and he probably had different Airbnbs too. So he was probably making a decent amount of money. I'm sure. Um, when it came to that, but um, I'm trying to think. Oh, and you know what? I was kind of rooting. So remember when they were in the group chat on the dark web, and the people in the dark web were talking back and forth, like how much for the girl. And, like, they found the yeah, app yeah. in, like, 4.5 seconds. I was actually, like, rooting for the landlord to go and kill the guy that showed up at the house. That was my issue with the, with the second one. That's what, what uh, I do have a problem with with that. Yeah? One. Because, um, and, it, and it was the same issue I had with one of the, uh, it was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre okay. sequel that was a sequel to the the original Toby Hooper from the 1970s film mm-hmm. is that they end uh, it ended up by the end of that film and the end of this film almost making the villain be the hero. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like you should be rooting for this guy like yes, do I want him to stop these people from actually kidnapping these girls? Yeah. Yeah, but he was probably going to be doing something similar to them. So just yeah. himself. So it's like I feel really bad if I'm rooting for this guy to stop these people from getting there and doing whatever they're going to do to the family. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's kind of as if we're prolonging the death that will actually eventually happen. Right. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I don't, I'm not usually a fan when they do that. They did it in um, the House of a Thousand Corpses, too. Remember when she's tied up in the basement and the guy comes downstairs and she's talking oh, to tiny? him. Yes. Remember, he comes down the stairs and she's like, please just let me go. Please let me go. And then he, well, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different because he didn't really know what he was doing. Well, and Tiny, Tiny, it was, and and this is, I'm surprised I'm remembering it so vividly because it's probably been about five years since I've last watched that. Yeah. Tiny was never quite into the family shenanigans like the rest of them were. True. So he was, and and of course, him being a a giant uh, and a little disfigured. Uh, you know, he's a little bit more of an empath- empathetical character. That's true. It's true. But it's, yeah, I guess, but it kind of gives you the same feeling as a little he's bit, supposed yeah. to be part of this evil family and we're rooting for him to let her go. And, but yeah, it's the same thing. It's, it's just like, I, I, I actually watched 14 cameras on the plane ride back from Colorado. <laughs> Sorry to my neighbors who were probably like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it literally, at some scenes, it looked like I was watching a hidden camera. So these people yep. next to me were probably like, what is this girl watching? 
See, see, um, you're really the landlord in the scenario. Slumlord. I am the slumlord. <laughs> um, so, but yeah, I was like, oh my God, like they found the house and the landlord and okay, good. He killed them and now she's safe. But then I'm like, oh shit, she's not actually really safe. Right. But I don't, um, I was trying to think like, he doesn't actually kill anyone. But then I'm like, oh, never mind. He killed the, he killed the husband. He killed the couple in the beginning. Um, he killed the ch- the runner chick, but it was yeah. only when like she would try to escape, right? Oh, so, which and she was warned by by the uh, the wife from the first movie. She's like, correct. every girl that tries to get out is, is dead. Correct. She's like, I had to dig a hole the other day. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So I want to get on. I want to move on to the to the main character for the movie. Um. His name uh in the movie was Gerard. Um, he's played, uh, by, his name is Neville Archibald, who is in a few other movies, but for the most part, he's just known for 13, 14 cameras. Um, as we said, he's pretty physically built for an older guy. Um, if these movies were more mainstream, I don't think he could break this character role at all. Um, if I were to ever see him in another movie, I would only see him as this slumlord and someone that I would just never rent from. Um, (laughs) His body language and his prolonged staring definitely hit the mark for being just, just plain weird. Um, like anytime he'd come into screen onto screen, I would just like get physically uncomfortable because I was like, oh fuck, like what's he gonna do now? Like what is he gonna? <laughs> um, like remember in the first one when he put the toothbrush in his mouth? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was doing something. He was like fixing the faucet or something, and he put a toothbrush in his mouth. And then the second one, he put the chapstick on the girl's yeah. chapstick. And then, but I don't think he just put the tooth the toothbrush in his mouth either. Um, and, and definitely in the second one, it's not just the mouth that it that it goes. Uh, it goes it goes into other places that it, no toothbrush should ever go. <laughs> Oh my god, that toothbrush and the chapstick are scarred for life. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> They're gonna need therapy. <laughs> oh my well, god. One of, then... one of the other things about this about this actor though that works in both films like a thousand percent is he has very little dialogue. He says very little he, like, in, in either he grunts and when he does say things, it's 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 just it's rough and it's maybe one or two words. Mm-hmm. So he does a lot of acting just without words. It's all Which body. I language. love. I love yes. actors can do that. Like I think I was talking about it. And remember when I did the podcast and the girl in the photographs, and I talked mm-hmm. about the body language of the photographer in the beginning of yes. the movie. How and even Michael Myers too. Remember how I talked mm-hmm. about that my Halloween one? Like just they have they all have masks on. But mm-hmm. just their little head tilts, like the head tilt, like Michael Myers' head tilt is like my favorite thing in the entire horror thing ever, I think. Like just that little head tilt that he does just to admire his work. Oh, yep. so good. I love when actors can do that. And this is why, guys, I urge you to watch these movies that, that I pick and that we discuss and that I talk about. Because to visually see the things that we're talking about is just makes it so much better because... There's only so much that I can portray through dialogue. Um, There's only so much that I can say through, you know, your speakers. And, but when you watch these movies and even in the strangers too, like they had masks on the entire time, but they were acting. And I love when people can do that when they don't need dialogue in order to portray what they're doing. I think it's, it's just makes it more like, just makes it like, they're just so talented that they can do that. And 
like I said, Michael Myers' head tilt's going to go down in history for me as probably one of my favorite scenes ever. It's just when he was admiring his work after he killed someone. Like, that's just my favorite thing. I love it. So I have to agree with you on that, too. Like, he doesn't say much, but the way that he just, like I said, he just stares at things and the way that he looks at things and the way that he moves his body. And even when he was in the chat room, in the dark web room, mm -hmm. he was reading everything and his his... He would go from the screen to the cameras, the screen to the cameras, like all of it. Like this, like I said, this is why I urge everyone to go see these movies that we talk about. So he'll creep you the fuck out. That's that's certainly what he'll do. That's what I'm saying that's what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. Like he's so creepy. Um, so what did you think about the kids' role? Did you think that was kind of not necessary? Did you think that it was needed? I don't really know how I felt about that. I thought it was kind of funny that the little kid kind of looked like a younger version of the landlord, like with the glasses and everything. <laughs> right. Um, you know, so with the, with the ending of the first film, you, you see he's got the baby from the pregnant wife. And at that, at that point, you do not know that Claire is still alive. You Correct. can assume she's dead. Uh, she you know, he's, he, he is doing right. She could have died during childbirth. He, he is at the time uh, before you find out he's got the baby in the car that he's emptying a bucket but you can just, your mind wonders, okay, he's got another girl chained up somewhere. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know in the sequel, I didn't know if that was ever going to be addressed. And also, you know, you, you kind of put the time range between 12 to 13 years. I'd say maybe 10 to 11, but I okay. think we're both in, in the right spot. Yeah, he definitely. Because uh, the kid's puberty. definitely about 10, at least 10. Yeah, because he, um, he didn't hit puberty. He was still young. Right. Um, he was kind of, yeah, definitely. So at least um, between 10 to 12, I right. would have to say. And uh, and I, I I guess the purpose, the real purpose of the kid, because like you said, he, he does kind of look like a younger version. He does. And, and you hear in, in the news uh, and, and everywhere that there are people that groom people. Uh, people for less savior the savory things mm -hmm. i'm it makes me wonder okay was he grooming this kid because he calls him junior so okay. is he grooming this kid to be a future version of himself after he passes on someone to pass his legacy on to oh my god but <laughs> as we see it kind of backfires on him because the yeah. kid is not his kid and has a genuine genuine curiosity about what his quote unquote father is doing or grandfather, whatever, uh, you know, he doesn't really call him anything. Uh, and then, you know, finding his mom by the end of the film, you know, it, it, it just, there were a lot of elements that you're like, okay, if, if the kid wasn't curious, like any 10 or 12 year old might be, mm -hmm. he may have been able to create someone like that. That's that would take over after he passes. But I think that was the purpose. It was that, his character is intending him to serve, but the, for the purpose of the film is to be kind of a, someone that's fighting that nature. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm, and then of course me, because I always ask questions, even though you're not, I, I was reading an article the other day about how you're, you shouldn't really, I mean, you can ask questions obviously, but horror movies in general are not supposed to give you all the answers. So your mind can go to whatever answer it wants to, which I totally agree with. Yeah. Um, but I have, I still have questions because I always question everything that I watch and see and hear and read. Um, like what happened after Claire saved her son from the slumlord? 
did they live a happy life? Did they, you know what I'm saying? Like, did he right. end up like what happened? Did she raise him as, as obviously as her own? Cause it's, it's her kid. But I just, I want to know, like, did he, what if he grew up and he had those perversions? Like, what if he wasn't a voyeurism? Like what, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it seems like the, the, the landlord did shield him a lot from what he was actually doing because mm -hmm. remember when the package got delivered and he opens it up and he was like curious to see what it was. And it was like, he had see, he was seeing it for the first time. So yeah. I feel like he was the, the slumlord definitely shielded junior from whatever it is that he was actually doing. And it seemed the kid was, you know, it's not like he was being abused or anything, but I, I, right. I just wonder, cause I always ask questions, um, you know, what happened to the family that was living in the Airbnb? Like, I can't remember. Um, the only one that really survived, I'm trying to remember the, the, the college girl, right? Mm -hmm. It was the college girl, it was Claire, and it was the son. I think that was it, right? Well, no, I think uh, I everyone survives. Everyone survives in this one because um, by the time... Uh, okay. So because what, what happens is the, the one girl ends up where, where Claire and Junior uh, and, and, the, and the landlord end up, but the other girl, um, it was still back at the house, uh, and yeah. the the parents and the the brother had gone out, and they came back right when kind of yes, the I climax is rolling up, and he yep. and he has taken the the one daughter away. So I think everybody kind of That's ends right. ends with it unscathed. Um, but obviously it, they must have gone to the police. They probably right. did, you know, backgrounds and everything. And that's why he eventually, you know, pulled a Hannibal Lecter and moved to Mexico. <laughs> that's literally <laughs> the scene. Remember the last scene of Silence of the Lambs when yep. he's walking in? That's that's what I thought of because I'm pretty sure in the end of 14 cameras, he's got like the hat on. <laughs> yep, yep. It reminded me of the ending of Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> But yeah. like, but like, uh, with your questions, it's kind of like what I said about the the possession of Hannah Grace. Like, it's mm -hmm. the after, so you're, you know, it's it's perfectly natural for you to wonder, especially with a movie that resonates with you. You're mm -hmm. wondering, okay, what comes next? Like, what? How do these people come back from that? You know, and uh, I think it would be an interesting thing to address in a sequel of maybe 15 cameras if they'd ever decided. To... 15 cameras. 15 <laughs> cameras. I mean, they don't really have to worry about titling anything not at all not add, at all add one um, <laughs> but yeah so overall guys these movies are great um if you are into this type of horror i guess this would be more of like like i said like a peeping tom horror not so much a um like serial killer kind of thing right. uh, but right. like there's always a bunch of different horror movies subgenres of horror um, I would definitely check it out. Like I said, 13 cameras is the first one. 14 cameras is obviously the sequel. Um, was there anything else you wanted to add Patrick into the, into the podcast about anything from the movies? Um, anything about horror in general, any opinion on my podcast <laughs> <laughs> well i think you're doing as for depending on your podcast i think you're doing a wonderful job oh, thank you. i i obviously wouldn't be listening or participating if i didn't think you were doing a fantastic Correct. job uh i don't think i have anything else to add about the movies um I I, one thing i might say is it's it, it might not be for everybody it might not be for every horror fam because uh, it's 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 a weird one it's uh it's not something like 
I spit on your grave, but it, oh, it could God, venture. No. Yeah. I oh, mean, it, could, it might venture a, a little close to that territory a little bit in some of the scenes. Um, mm. But yeah, I, I think they're definitely worth, especially when, if you've already subscribed to Netflix, it's not going to cost you anything to stream them. Uh, I would recommend you watch them back to back. I think it's a better viewing experience. And I think at total, it's, it's about three hours to sit mm. down and watch them both. Um, but nah, that's, that's about all I've got. Yeah. Uh, yep. Perfectly said. I would go watch them. Um, so I think that's going to be it for this evening's episode of Horror Nights In. Uh, we hope you enjoyed tonight's episode. Be sure to message, DM, tweet, or email me what your favorite scary movie is so I can give you my honest and horrific opinion. I wanted to say thank you again to Patrick for being on the show this evening. And I think Patrick and I, yeah, I think we decided that we're going to do this at least once a month. Um, we're going to have him come on to the show, co-host, because he's going to be busy with his podcast that he's starting. Right? <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, he's going to do uh, it, guys. T- TBD, TBD. <laughs> um, all right, well, uh, thank you guys again, and we will see you in the next, well, I'll see you in the next episode, and <laughs> we'll see you in his future episodes. <laughs> Sounds good. Right. Bye, guys. Bye.